Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of this Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I thank you for taking some of the time out of your week, whether it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or all three days, spending it with me. And just as a reminder, as we say every at the beginning of every show, it's like a little read, although I'm not reading anything. And that is that this Let's Ride podcast, the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast family, is all a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation and is a part of Vox Media. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We have tremendous content there, whether it's film room breakdowns, the latest draft news, rumors, the breaking news. We have it all for you right there, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check it out early and often so that you don't miss a thing. Also... The podcast platform that I spoke of has been doing so great this offseason. I had to give a major props to Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, for keeping everything organized. And whether it's the afternoon programs and things changed, you know, I mean, you got to you got to adapt. You have to change your in season is different in season when you're talking about upcoming opponents specific looking at every single every single game and every aspect of that game. Things are rather easy. You know what I mean? I mean. It gets down to the point where you look at, okay, the upcoming opponent is this team. We have shows that are recapping last week, shows that are preparing you for next week. Then you get to the offseason. And when you get to the offseason, things change. Things are a little bit discombobulated. Sure, you have big events like the NFL draft coming up at the end of the month. But other than that, you have to be creative. And so what we decided to do before free agency, you know, the Steelers hangover was talking about team needs, free agents that might be on the market. The curtain call on Wednesday night with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Beck, they have started to dive into different draft groupings by college. And so recently they had the, a writer of for SB Nation's Michigan, University of Michigan podcast, or there are their website on their podcast. It's just great. And then the morning content, I love. Michael Beck, our deputy editor, does a great job on the live mic on Tuesday. I definitely encourage everyone out there that listens to podcasts to check out Dave Schofield, Stat Geek. Not that any of his content is bad. It's all good. But this last episode, and I told him this personally, and this, is, this isn't a secret, his last episode was his best. I think it was one of his best podcasts that he ever did. It left me on my drive to work, literally driving down the road saying, wow, like I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think that was the case at all. It's all about draft picks, when they're expected to play, tremendous stuff. So check that out. All right, that's about it for the reads. Let's get to the the nuts and bolts of this podcast, shall we? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with this Steelers team. Think about James Conner leaving, going to the Arizona Cardinals and free agency. Vince Williams and Joshua Dobbs are back, and that's a that what an incredible probably 15 minutes that was. News broke that Joshua Dobbs was going to be coming back. We got that article published on the website. And I checked Twitter after we published that, and I would say maybe, maybe five minutes later, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who's a senior writer now, used to cover the Steelers for ESPN, miss that guy, he goes on and says, Vince Williams is coming back. Wow, like that's big news, because everyone was so bummed when Vince Williams was cut because of uh, you know being a, a cap casualty. That's exactly what it was. 
He was not released because his play was not good. He was not released because he was disgruntled like Steven Nelson. He was released because his cap hit was just too much. And when the salary cap dipped, you knew someone was going to go. And it was Vince. And Vince, according to Fowler, he had offers to go to other teams, and he just said, you know what, I'd rather just stay in Pittsburgh. He signed a one-year deal. Good to have him back. And that is the genesis of this podcast today. Not so much Joshua Dobbs, but really that the Steelers have brought back a lot of their free agents. So the headline is, the Steelers are getting the band back together. Just like the Blues Brothers, they're getting the band back together. But is that really a good thing? Is it a good thing that they're bringing all these players back? Or is it just kind of like setting us up for another round on the merry-go-round? Same old song and dance, same old result. That's kind of the narrative right now. And nothing entertains me more than checking out Steelers Twitter. And all I have to do is put out a tweet that maybe some people don't agree with or put out a, or just maybe read some people's thoughts by searching hashtags or whatnot. And man, when they brought back Vince Williams, and this stemmed from some media outlets in Pittsburgh saying that they didn't like the move, mainly just one person who represents a media outlet. But still, the comments were, well, the same old Steelers. I can't wait to see this team collapse. These are supposed to be fans, by the way. These people that are saying, I can't wait to see this team collapse, are supposed to be fans of the Steelers. Look, I, I am as critical as everyone. Yes, I'm very optimistic, but I can be as critical as anyone of the Steelers, of the organization, for their shortcomings, all of it. But never will you ever hear me say, I can't wait to see this team collapse, or I can't wait to see this team lose. What kind of cynical mind do you have to be to say some of this stuff? I don't know. And if you're a Ravens fan, that's great. I would expect you to say that. Because guess what? Steeler fans are saying, ha you're going to pay Lamar Jackson all this money. And then guess what? Nothing. He's going to stink. But still... These are Steeler fans that are saying this. And so the narrative is up, same old Steelers. They're bringing back all these players. It's going to be the same old thing. Okay, let's go over this. So Vince Williams comes back. Joshua Dobbs comes back. We know that they found they got Alualu back. Cam Sutton was signed back. Chris Wormley was signed back. Juju Smith-Schuster was signed back. Those were the big names. I mean, I could go down and talk about Trey Edmonds, but really that doesn't matter. It just doesn't. No, no offense, but it doesn't matter. So all those names come back, and everyone's thinking, uh, some some people like myself, and I put this out on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at jhartman underscore P-I-T. That's H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I put this out on Twitter and say, you know, fans were bummed when the, when the Steelers lost Tyson Alualu. They were bummed when Vince Williams got cut for cap purposes. And now they're both back. And I used the gif of... Uh, the gladiator where he's looking around saying, are you not entertained? And I said, are you happy now? And most of the fans were, they were like, yes, I'm kind of jacked up a little bit. I'm kind of ready for this season. I was too. But the, 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 the narrative though continues where people still kind of, I get why you're cynical. I get why you're a little pessimistic because the Steelers have been disappointing, but they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. That speaks for itself. Division titles in this town mean nothing. You have to win when it matters, and they haven't done that in a long time. So the same old Steelers, they're getting the band back together, but is that a good thing? Well, yeah, last season they lost down the stretch, but they were 11-0 and before they started that downturn. 
But was that losing streak, was that poor play, was that damning of the every single player? Was that damning of every single position group? That's a question that only you can answer. I have my opinions and everyone else has theirs, and that's completely fine. We're all entitled to our own opinion. But I just do not think that because certain things kind of folded down the stretch last season, that it's a damning statement on every single player in every single position group. Tyson Oluwalu coming back, how can that possibly be a negative? I can't think of one. Cam Sutton returning. He's as versatile as they come. How can that be viewed as a negative? Even if that's after Steven Nelson leaves, it's even more of a positive. Chris Wormley coming back, some might say, well, what's the use? I still wonder if Chris Wormley would be back if they would have gotten Aluwalu right out of the gate. If Aluwalu hadn't said he was going to Jacksonville and then all that craziness with the COVID positivity test and all that stuff, would they have brought Wormley back? I don't know, but Wormley's back, so they have depth now, proven depth. They're not going to ask Wormley to play 70% of the defensive snaps. If they do, the Steelers are in trouble. Juju Smith-Schuster comes back, and some reason, because he TikTok, does TikTok dances and stuff like that, and he said the Browns is the Browns last season, everyone thinks that this is a bad thing. I don't understand this line of thinking. Vince Williams comes back. Okay, Vince is back. He's an emotional leader for the team. He's a vocal leader for the team. He's a locker room leader at a time when everyone... And on Thursday morning, Deputy Editor Michael Beck, he wrote an article about how the Steelers will regret. They will regret not bringing in a veteran wide receiver. And he talked about the lack of leadership, the lack of a veteran presence. I don't think that's just solely on the wide receiver room. That could be talked about across the board. They just don't have a lot of leaders. Vince Williams is that leader. They bring back Joshua Dobbs. Did anyone in their right mind think that they were going to go into this season, in the offseason, OTAs, mandatory minicamp, whatever, training camp with just three quarterbacks? Really? No, they've never done that. They never will do that because if you only have three quarterbacks, your starting quarterback's going to have to be throwing the ball way too much. That's why they bring back Joshua Dobbs. These players, for the majority, are insurance policies. And I'm going to get into that later at the end of the show in my heart-to-heart. But still, let's get back to the narrative here. And that is, the bands getting back together, is it a good thing? I think it is a good thing. Because for every person that says, well, think about the how they played down the stretch, they also started out the year 11-0. They started out the year 11-0. Never done before in Steelers history. They set franchise marks. And I I understand that the last thing we remember, the last bit of football that we remember from the Steelers is losing. We remember the awful playoff loss to the Browns. We remember going to Cleveland, Mason Rudolph. We we remember that, that game in Cleveland where they lost. We remember the loss to the Washington football team at Heinz Field. I'm not about to sit here and say that bringing back some of these players is a negative. Now, James Conner, who goes to the Arizona Cardinals, if he were coming back, then I might say, well, what's the use in that? You have Benny Snell, you have Anthony McFarlane, you have Jalen Samuels. It's assumed that you're going to draft a running back. Why bring him back? But they didn't bring him back. Like Alejandro Villanueva is still floating around out there, and there's rumors that he could be coming back. If he comes back, you're wondering, why are they bringing him back? 
because you have Zach Banner. I didn't put him on the list, but I could put him on the list because he was signed back too. And then you have Chooks for, and you sign Joe Haig as like your extra flex guy. Why would you bring back Villanueva? That doesn't make sense. And it, some of these things, they just don't play out that way. I look at the players that they brought back, and I say, you know what? I like what they've done. I like the moves that have been made. I like where the Steelers are headed, heading into the draft, because you know what this tells me? This tells me that the Steelers now have the flexibility to truly, and I mean this in the purest sense of the word or the phrase, they can truly take the best player available when it's their turn to pick. They, you, you can look, go back. They have not always been able to say that. They have not always been able to say, well, we're just going to take the best player on our board regardless of position. Are there some positions that you might be able to scratch off and say, well, I don't think they're going to go this direction no matter what. Yeah, there's a couple. I would say defensive line when you bring back Alawalu, when you bring back Wormley, when you have to it, when you have Hayward still, and you also have players like Mondo and Bugs and Davis. Yeah, you're not going defensive line. I think when you look at safety, you know, you bring in Miles Killebrew, you still have Mika Fitzpatrick, you still have Terrell Edmonds. You're just probably not going to go in the first round, mind you. In the first round, you're just probably not going to go safety. But the one thing that this does, in my opinion, bringing all these guys back, and let's bring this full circle before we take our first break, it gives the Steelers the ability to truly take the best player available. But with these players back heading into the draft, is the roster, can anyone actually out there tell me the roster is somehow worse with these players back? Is this roster worse? No, in my opinion, no way. Someone tell me how with Vince Williams back, even if he's a part-time player, how does that make the team worse? With Joshua Dobbs and all his intelligence and his ability to help, whether it's on the sideline, in practice, or maybe with, maybe, just maybe, keep this in mind, with Matt Canada at at the helm as the offensive coordinator, maybe they have something special planned for someone like Dobbs. Or maybe if Dobbs and Dwayne Haskins doesn't pan out, Dobbs might be your number three. These are all things. Is it? Is he? Is the team worse? Spit it out, Jeff. Is the team worse with Joshua Dobbs back? I don't think they are. Are they worse with Sutton back? With Banner back? With Wormley back? With Juju back? The answer for me to all those questions is absolutely not. They are not worse. They're not worse. Are they markedly better? That's debatable. But they're certainly not worse. So those that are out there saying same old Steelers bringing back all these guys not going to help. I disagree. I disagree. I strongly disagree. I think they are setting up a foundation that if they can hit a couple home runs in the draft, watch out. Watch out. I'm telling you right now, if they can hit a couple home runs in the draft, and I've used this sports analogy before, a home run is like a Chase Claypool. You get a guy that's going to come in right away. He's going to be an impact player from the moment he steps on the field. That's a home run draft pick. If they can get a couple home runs out of this draft, and remember, they didn't have a first-round pick last year, this team could be dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. All right? Take that to the bank. And when we come back, we're going to do a prospect watch and a little heart-to-heart about the NFL draft and the Steelers and the direction they might go. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you have a great weekend planned. I hope that you've had a great week, and I hope that you're looking forward to getting a little bit closer to that 2021 NFL draft. I know I am. I have done more research on the upcoming draft class than I ever have. And a lot of it was out of necessity. I was looking at other sites. I was looking at our site. And we had a lot of good draft coverage, but I just felt like we needed to have someone start to really take a look at some of the players that could potentially be picks or available when the Steelers pick at number 24. And so I just started to take position by position and just go through it. And you know where this all started? It started with Trey Lance. That's a first, and that should surprise no one. If you've listened to my podcast, that should surprise no one. I love Trey Lance. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. And I still do stand by my words that if he were somehow to go to Pittsburgh, if they were to trade up, he would be in a really, really good spot. He'd be in a spot where he could sit behind Roethlisberger for a year, and then it would be his time to shine when he learns the system, he gets acclimated to the NFL. I don't think that's going to happen, but still... A man can dream. But it started with Trey Lance. I did an article that basically took breakdown film of him, game film of him, um, also looked at uh, NFL draft profiles, and just kind of compiled it all together. And I just asked a very broad question for those that are reading it, saying, is Trey Lance worth the hype? Because he was getting a lot of hype at the time. And I said, look, this is not my opinion. I'm just... Throwing it out there. I'm giving you this information. I'm giving you the draft profiles. I'm giving you the breakdowns. I'm giving you the game film to watch. You watch it. You read it. And then you tell me what you think. And it's been great. I've probably done a little, maybe close to 20 of these already. I've done positions like quarterback, running back, offensive tackle. Uh, Only one tight end. I just really don't like the tight end class after Pitts. Um, Now I'm diving into defense. I did linebacker. Haven't done edge rusher yet. I'm diving into cornerbacks right now, actually. And I just finished up, uh, I think, a fourth cornerback breakdown. And I've just, I wish I could tell you all that there's a schedule for these things, but it really comes down to when I have time or when we need an article. And so, like, there's one tomorrow, I'm sorry, Friday, today on, uh, I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, there's one going on on Friday about a mid-round pick, Kentucky, uh, Calvin Joseph. He's a cornerback that might be a really good pickup for them in the mid-rounds. Just taking a look. You know, I've never done this much research on NFL draft prospects. I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. I feel like I have a better knowledge of the players. And so I felt every Friday leading up to the draft, I should dive into some potential prospects that the Steelers could have on their radar. Who do I like? Who do I think the Steelers might take if they're available? Things like that. Last week, I did running backs. I did Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. Talked about how Harris is probably the best all around. Etienne is probably the best fit for Pittsburgh. And Javante Williams is by far one of my favorite players in this entire draft. Not just running backs, just one of my favorite players in the entire draft class. Now we're going to look at offensive tackle. A lot of people want to look at center but I'm not sold that there's a center in this draft class that is a first-round caliber player. I'm going to dive into the centers next week on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check it out, your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. But offensive tackle is extremely deep, and there's a lot of really good players. Before we go into these, I have three. I've, I always try to whittle it down to three. So let's assume that Slater from Northwestern and uh, 
Sewell from Oregon are gone because I feel like those are the top two tackles in this draft class. If one of those somehow fall, I would be stunned. So that leaves with, in my opinion, the next three tackles that are somehow, some way, well, the last one here I don't think is a first-round talent, but would be definitely be there at 24 unless something crazy happens. Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech, a very highly rated tackle. You have Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State, and then you have Jalen Mayfield of Michigan. So those are the three we're going to talk about today, those three tackles. So Derisaw, I think, is by far the best out of this group. This is not overall. Slater and, and Sewer are tremendous. They're tremendous, and they're going to go top. But out of the second tier, if we want to call that first tier, and this is the second tier of tackles, Derisaw is the best out of the second tier. A lot of people, I would say most people, most websites, most uh, people that think about where players might end up have Derisaw well off the board before 24. Most have him going around anywhere from 10 to 15. I don't know if that's going to happen. Then you have Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins, you know, he's kind of the antithesis of Derisaw. Derisaw is a technician, very big, long arms, great in pass pro, but kind of lacks that mean streak, you know? He lacks the ability to just bury guys. Well, Jenkins is the polar opposite. He might not be as fundamentally sound as Derisaw, but he is, I mean, he buries players. I'm talking takes him six feet under the ground, and you know when you play against this kid. The one thing about Jenkins is that he could actually, there's a lot of people that suggest that he could actually flex to guard early in his career, or maybe they find a home for him at guard rather than tackle. So in other words, he's very versatile. He's played both positions. And then there's Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. And I, to be completely honest with you, he has doesn't have a lot of experience starting. And I know Michigan's a big program, and that's all well and good. He doesn't have a ton of experience, and there's just a large part of me. I looked at his pro day results. He did not test well. I just I don't like his build. You know who he reminds me of, and this is, boy, is this a kiss of death. He reminds me of Mike Adams, former second-round pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers from Ohio State. If we all remember, he was a huge guy, never looked like he was in shape, never panned out. Everyone thought he was going to be a left tackle. They moved him to right tackle. Wasn't that great there. And then he's gone. This is the same guy. Now, Mayfield might have some issues off the field, but nothing compared to Mike Adams, who got caught. Um, I don't know if he was, I think he tested positive for marijuana while he was at the combine. I mean, how stupid can you be? And he went into the meeting with the Steelers, begged and pleaded them, please give me a chance, please. And they took him in the second round. Some might say it wasn't a wasted pick. I would say it certainly wasn't a good pick. We'll put it that way. But that's who Mayfield reminds me of. I'm not sold with Mayfield at all. If he turns out to be a top-tier tackle, I will be stunned. So let's go through these prospects. Let's go through these. If Derisaw finds his way to 24, the Steelers need to sprint to the podium and say, we got our guy. Because I think that Derisaw is a starting. He could start on day one, mind you. But if not, he could sit for a year, and then when Chuksakorafor is gone, he could be your right tackle, he could be your left tackle, for the next decade, if you wanted him to, he's that type of player. But I don't think he's going to be there at 24, if I'm being completely honest. So then, Tevin Jenkins. There's a lot of people, myself included, that wonder if he'll even be there at 24. There's a, you cannot find good quality tackles anymore in the NFL, and people are just starving to get them. Starving. They'll do anything. But if Jenkins gets there, 
I think that he could come in and he could really ignite the running game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a guy that's not just going to set the edge. He's not going to just play patty cake with the defender in front of him. He's going to go out there and he's going to absolutely try to manhandle that player. Now, will he struggle a little bit with the pass rushers at the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. But I like Tevin Jenkins' upside more so than any issues or red flags that he might have at the position. Jalen Mayfield, I do not take him. If I'm the Steelers, just I know that, and this is scary. This is scary because Mike Tomlin was at the pro day. So was uh, Kevin Colbert. We know their history of what happens when Colbert and Tomlin are at pro days. They tend to definitely lean towards drafting players from that school, at least early. My goodness, if they were there to see Mayfield's workout, then they saw how bad it looked. They saw it firsthand. That's my only hope. Fingers crossed. Don't take him. But if they do take him, he's a pro- I feel like he's a project. And I've said this multiple times on multiple shows. The Steelers cannot afford to draft a project in the first or second round. And I don't want to steal Dave Schofield's thunder because if you haven't listened to his stat geek yet, you need to. Because you'll know exactly why I stopped at the first and second round. Because you have to hit home runs or at least doubles in the first round. Give me someone that can contribute now. I don't need projects. No. You got to win now. You need you need to get a, a home run hitter, and that's not Jalen Mayfield. Not at all. So, again, I, if Darosaw's there, that's your guy. You run up. You get. You don't even have to wait. It's, I think they give you 10 minutes in between picks in the first round. Maybe it's 15. I don't know. You don't need 10 seconds. Send in the pick. If Jenkins is there, you have a little bit more to think about, but he's a guy that you might say, hey, here's our backup guard as a rookie, like Kevin Dotson was, and then if you need to flex him out to tackle, you can as he learns the ropes. Mayfield, stay steer clear. That's my advice, steer clear. All right, let's finish the show up with a little heart-to-heart. So when the news broke on Wednesday that Vince Williams was back, Joshua Dobbs was back, and there's even been reports that Avery Williamson, we wrote this story at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, that he was throwing out some hints on social media that he might be coming back to Pittsburgh. They had pictures of him in his Steeler uniform. His Twitter uh, header was, he moved it back to a Steelers logo. And sometimes players do this stuff intentionally. I don't think a player would do this unless they knew something good was about to happen. So we could still hear that Avery Williamson signs a deal with the Steelers. It just might not be done yet. And they, they still might have to figure out exact final numbers They might be waiting. I don't know. Maybe the Steelers put in a call to Williamson, not sure if they were going to get Vince Williams back. And when they get Vince Williams back, they tell Williamson, hey, man, we're not going to need your services anymore. I don't know. But even if Williamson were to come back, and you have Vince Williams and Joshua Dawson back, all these people, I had several people on Twitter sending me messages or mentioning me and saying, I guess this means inside linebackers off the draft board. Guess they're not going to, and then with Dobbs, I guess they're not going to draft a mid-round quarterback. And I answered them all the same way. If you think that Vince Williams or if Avery Williamson comes back, he hasn't come back yet as of this being recorded, or Joshua Dobbs, if you think that any of those players or any of the players that have already been brought back, you think about a Cam Sutton or a Juju Smith-Schuster, if you think that any of these players that are being brought back are going to prevent them from, are going to alter their draft board, you're crazy. You are crazy. 
The Steelers, if they want a mid-round quarterback, they're going to take a mid-round quarterback. They had three quarterbacks on the roster. That's it, just three. They've never gone into a training camp with just three. Therefore, you know you're going to need more camp arms, so you bring in Dobbs. If you want to take a mid-round flyer on someone like Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, uh, Jamie Newman, then you bring that player in. And the one that doesn't cut it, whether it's Haskins, whether it's Dobbs, you cut them. You can cut both of them if you want. It's not going to cost you anything, and it's not going to stop you from drafting that player. Inside linebacker. So you're telling me that because they brought back Vince Williams, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little fired up here, because they brought back Vince Williams, and even if they brought back in Avery Williamson, that if Zayvon Collins was there from Tulsa at 24, and they really liked him, and they really want him on the defense, they're going to say, oh, well... I wish we could have drafted you, bud, but we have Vince Williams on a one-year deal. We're good. No, they're not going to say that. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. We had this discussion on uh, our Slack channel, and people were saying, well, I, I don't I don't know where Williamson would fit. Why do you need that many players? Because it's like a tryout. If Williamson and Williams were back, and again, Williamson is not back at this time, but even if he were, you have a competition. The better player stays, the other one gets cut. It's not that complicated, people. Goodness gracious, it's called competition. An off-season roster balloons to 90-plus players for a reason. For a reason. And, you know, even I, I'm, I'm not going to call out his name, Brian Anthony Davis. And he even went on our Slack channel and said, well, I feel like Dobbs coming back means that they're not very happy with Haskins. What? How, what do you mean? What do you mean? They only had three quarterbacks on the roster. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. And he, I told him this. I said, how can you possibly think that is the case? What have you seen? What have you heard that I haven't about Haskins? That he deleted his Twitter account? Whoop-de-doo. Who cares? In my opinion, that's one less distraction for the young man as he tries to focus on his profession. These moves mean nothing when it comes to the Steelers. And I mean nothing when it comes to the Steelers approaching the draft. They are going to approach the draft like they always do. And that's going to they're going to take the best player. Yes, they've had some duds. Yes, they've had Artie Burns. Yes, they've had Jarvis Jones. And some might even say Terrell Edmonds. But for the vast majority of the picks under the Kevin Colbert era have been really, really good picks in the first round. So if you think, if you're sitting there listening right now thinking that Vince Williams, Joshua Dobbs, uh, whatever is going to alter their plans in the draft, please get your head examined. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's not going to change a thing. The Steelers are going to go out, and if Zayvon Collins is there and they want him, they're going to take him. And if there's a mid-round quarterback that they like, that they want him, they're going to take him. doesn't matter about Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, Joshua Dobbs, nothing. They're going to take him. That's just, that's just how it works. Okay? Think about this logically, people. I know that in today's society, logic is a, well, let's just put it this way. It's not a known commodity in 2020 and 2021. Try to think about this logically, all right? When we approach the draft, use logic. All right, that's it. A little rant there to finish it out. I appreciate that. That felt good. I got that off my chest. That's been bothering me for a little bit. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all the feedback on Twitter. All my ride or die crew, you all are the best. I'm going to be back on Monday talking about maybe some news that happened over the weekend if not we're going to start on mondays when we go look at the position breakdowns we've already done the perimeter i think it's time we do the interior we've done the trenches i think it's time we we hit on the inside linebackers maybe the the linebackers in general maybe look at the running backs we'll see i'll be back on monday remember behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain so that you don't miss a thing as we always finish it up. Be safe.
Be kind and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers.